Welcome to the Eating Habits for Life podcast. I'm Kate Johnston, and I'm an eating habit and weight loss coach for career women. I'll help you become the person who no longer has bad eating habits and loses the weight she really wants to in a way that lasts. Let's start. Hi there, welcome to the podcast. Today, I bring to you a podcast episode that may be a little bit eye-opening for you, and I'm going to share some simple tips for you to start feeling in control over your eating habits when you're experiencing stress in your body. So it'll be an interesting episode for sure, I think so at least. So you may have already known that there is a link between stress and eating habits, or you may have experienced it personally. I think that you'll be really interested in the data that I'm going to present to you in this podcast episode regardless. So first, I have a question for you. Have you personally experienced eating sweet, salty, or fatty foods that you knew weren't great for you, however you found yourself eating them while feeling stressed? For example, maybe after a work meeting, you walk by some treats that someone brought in, and normally you wouldn't eat the cookies at 10 in the morning. However, you were so stressed after the meeting that those cookies looked like excellent stress relief. This might happen immediately after you feel the stress, or it could have just been a generally stressful day and you decide to sort of reward yourself with a treat when you get home, not because of accomplishments specifically, but more so rewarding yourself with a treat to kind of take some of the stress away. And the thought of that treat helps you feel a little bit better in the moment. This was actually pretty common with me after a tough day in the hospital. Sometimes I wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to eat something right then and there. However, I would start to think about what I would treat myself with at home to help sort of wash away some of that stress. So if you have noticed that you've personally eaten eaten in response to stress or even skipped a meal due to stress because this can happen as well, you are not alone. I'll of course also share a few things that you can do to help decrease the likelihood that you respond to stress with food or a little bit less commonly with avoiding food, meaning skipping a meal. All right, so there's plenty of research out there that shows that humans tend to seek out pleasure and want to avoid pain or discomfort in general. This is part of the motivational triad. The third part is conservation of energy. If you've been following me for a while, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the motivational triad before. So it basically just is the three things that motivate human beings to do what we do and in order to survive. So stress is seen as uncomfortable, generally speaking, most people would agree. Tasty food is seen as pleasurable, again, generally speaking. Generally, these foods include sugary foods, salty, savory, or fatty foods. This is by design, and I won't get into all of that, but basically it was because These were higher calorie foods that helped with survival back in the day when none of us were around yet. So of course, the natural human brain response when you feel stress is to want to decrease that stress because it's uncomfortable, in some cases very uncomfortable. 
tasty food is an easy way to do this for a few reasons, but one of which is because tasty food is pleasurable, right? It helps to counteract the discomfort from the stress. Makes complete sense, right? I'm sure you've noticed personally that if you are feeling stressed, you tend to not want to eat a carrot. It's typically something more tasty than that. Although perhaps there are some people who think carrots are as delicious as desserts and potato chips and all the things, right? But most humans do not. With food being readily available and a really big part of our environment, either at home, work, or out in town, it's very easy to access food. Therefore, it makes a very quick and easy stress reliever oftentimes. Unfortunately, it's not an effective stress reliever in the long run, but I won't get too much into that in today's episode it can actually make managing your emotions more difficult in the future, and it can actually make stress worse. So there's lots of research that shows that humans tend to seek higher calorie and higher fat foods during periods of stress. And another unfortunate thing is when you're in a state of emotional stress, a whole bunch of things occur in your body, and your body stores more fat than usual. Therefore, this is the exact time that you don't want to be eating higher calorie or higher fat foods if you are trying to lose weight, or at least trying to maintain your weight. Of course, in the moment, you are either not aware of this negative physical effect, or if you are aware, sometimes the stress is so bothersome that you're sort of bypassing this awareness because you just want to decrease that stress no matter what. Now, my hope with doing this podcast episode is to help bring you that awareness if you weren't aware already, and then of course to bring into consideration some things you can do to help if you are noticing that you are eating or not eating due to stress. So now for some of the interesting data. According to the American Psychological Association, the APA, there was a survey done called Stress in America that, in addition to other research that has been done already, suggests that stress does influence our eating habits. In summary, the survey concluded that many adults do report eating either unhealthy foods or amounts or skipping meals due to stress and that they have experienced some negative consequences of such. I don't know when exactly the survey was done. However, according to the APA, 38% of American adults said that they had either overeaten or eaten unhealthy foods in the past month from the date that the survey was done. And then about half of those adults said that they overate or ate unhealthy foods in response to stress at least once a week. One-third of those adults who reported overeating or eating unhealthy foods because of stress said that it helped to distract them from the stress and that's why they did it. So my question would be, was it purely the pleasure and decreasing the discomfort of stress or was the action of eating more of the distraction, right? Like if the actual physical action of eating was more of the distraction or was it more of like that emotional distraction because of that pleasure and decreased uh, discomfort from the stress? My guess is that it's a mixture of both, but probably primarily that pleasure and also decreasing the discomfort just from 
what I know and what I've already read and also just because of that motivational triad, right? Also, a third of those adults who reported overeating or eating unhealthy foods because of stress defined their particular eating behavior as habit for them. I don't know what exactly they meant by habit as far as the true definition or not. I'm guessing they probably felt as though the eating behavior was automatic and felt like something out of their control. However, I do not know for certain what they were defining as habit because I was not the one asking them these questions or reporting on it. Now, on the flip side, according to that survey, 30% of adults reported skipping a meal due to stress, right? So this is actually a fairly high amount. And then 41% of those, so 41% of that 30% reported doing that at least once a week. So skipping a meal could certainly result in things like excessive hunger sensations a little bit later, Also headaches, nausea, weakness, fatigue, lethargy, lack of concentration, right? None of these are desirable effects. And certainly excessive hunger sensations later on could ultimately result in overeating at the next meal or making some poor decisions regarding food based on wanting to just make that excessive hunger sensation go away quickly. Of the adults who reported that they skipped meals due to stress, a whopping 67% reported that they just had a lack of appetite when they were feeling stressed. 26% said that they skipped the meal because they didn't feel that they had time to eat. I've been in this circumstance um, before as well, so I could certainly believe that. Now here are some more of the negative consequences that can come into play. About half of the adults who overate or ate unhealthy foods in response to stress reported feeling disappointed in themselves. A little bit less than half reported feeling bad about their bodies, and a little bit more than a third reported that they felt sluggish or lazy. And then for those who skipped meals due to stress, about a quarter said that they felt sluggish or lazy as well, and a little bit less than a quarter reported that they felt irritable. The survey also reported that women were more likely than men to report a change in their eating behaviors due to stress. Does that mean that women are more likely to eat in response to stress or just to report that they um, had a change in their eating behaviors? I'm not necessarily sure what that meant, but regardless, sounds like women are probably at the very least more likely to be aware of and admit to a change in their eating behaviors due to stress. So besides potential physical downsides to your eating habits changing in response to stress, whether that be overeating or eating unhealthy foods or skipping meals, there are also some non-physical downsides, meaning some emotional downsides or negative consequences. One of which the survey did address was that a fair amount of people felt disappointed in themselves or badly about their bodies after they overate or ate unhealthy foods in response to stress. Now, as an eating habit coach, I know that along with disappointment, there are also typically feelings of shame and guilt, sometimes even disgust or frustration. There are, of course, other negative emotions associated, but these are the ones that are some of the most common. 
where do these emotions come from? They certainly don't come directly from the food, right? They come from thoughts that you have about that circumstance of either overeating or eating an unhealthy food. These thoughts are judgments about yourself for eating the unhealthy food or for overeating. Typically, negative thoughts or judgments cause a negative feeling in your body. This is not the case 100% of the time, but it very commonly is, and I see it a lot. So if you felt disappointment in yourself for eating five cookies, for example, after feeling stressed, what thought do you think would cause that feeling of disappointment in your body? It may have been something really simple, like I shouldn't have done this. It may have been something like I was being so good. Now I've set myself back. It's just really important being aware that why you are feeling that way, that disappointment in your body is because of a thought that you had in your head. That's really great news because you don't have to feel badly after something like this occurs because you don't have to have that particular thought. You have control over your thoughts, even though I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but I promise you, you do. And this is something we would work on if we were working together in one-on-one coaching relationship. These situations come up periodically, sometimes frequently, sometimes infrequently, and unless you become aware of your thoughts that cause the feelings in your body and do things to shift those thoughts, you'll just keep feeling badly. I'm going to explain to you shortly why feeling badly or feeling any negative emotion that doesn't feel good will ultimately end up playing a role in your results, and that's not a good role. Okay, so let's see what a negative thought that causes a negative feeling would ultimately end up resulting in. I'm going to start out with an entirely new circumstance. So let's just say that you got stuck in traffic got to work late and maybe received an email that a meeting that you were not prepared for just got moved up. And now let's say that you were experiencing stress in your body. You decide to decrease that stress by eating a 500 calorie sugary muffin that a colleague brought in. And I just want to mention here that that feeling of stress in your body was also caused by a thought in your brain. So that thought could be, oh no, I'm not prepared for this. And this is even worse because I got to work late. You know, all those thoughts, right, are going to end up causing that feeling of stress in your body. All right. So say you try to decrease that stress by eating that 500 calorie overly sugary muffin. And you notice after you eat the muffin that you feel guilty. If you were to describe that feeling of guilt in your body as far as with the physical sensations, you might describe it as maybe like a a tightness in your chest, some tingling, maybe even a pit in your stomach. What thought do you think might have occurred to cause that feeling of guilt in your body? The muffin itself did not cause it, remember? A thought in your own brain caused you to experience those sensations in your body. An example of a thought that may have caused that feeling of guilt, and of course it's going to be different for everyone, might be, I shouldn't have done that, I just set myself back so far. And I do want to mention here that our brains tend to be a little bit dramatic. Oftentimes, when they offer us a thought that then generates a negative feeling in our body, the thought 
tends to be over-dramatized. And that's just our human brains being human brains. They can be little drama queens. So if you have that thought, I shouldn't have done that. I just set myself back so far. And that generates the feeling of guilt in your body. That feeling of guilt is going to determine your next actions, reactions, or inactions. In this case, that feeling of guilt could cause lots of different things. It can cause you to sit and stew about eating the muffin, wasting time. It can cause you to eat whatever you want for the rest of the day because you already quote unquote messed up. It can cause you to not find alternative ways to decrease your stress because you're just sitting around feeling guilty and then that can result in more eating in response to stress or or skipping meals in response to stress, right? It can even lead to other negative thoughts and feelings, which can certainly then lead to other negative actions and results. Overall, though, the negative feeling of guilt is almost always going to cause behaviors that are not going to get you the results that you truly desire. They're not in line with the results that you truly desire. Because all of those behaviors that I just mentioned are not going to help you deal with the stress, they're not going to typically end up resulting in healthy eating habits for the rest of the day, and they're not going to help you feel any better and start fresh for the day, right? And then of course you add on those negative physical effects, some of which I mentioned earlier, like a feeling of sluggishness or sluggishness or fatigue. Also over time, there can be weight gain, right? So if you are skipping meals due to stress, you can end up having headaches, nausea, weakness, lethargy, among other things that are not so pleasant, right? So certainly how you can decrease the likelihood that stress is going to result in an eating behavior that you really don't want to be doing is if you can catch yourself before the eating behavior occurs. That's wonderful. If you can, then sit with the stress for a moment Close your eyes if you can, if it's safe to do so. Take a few slow breaths until you start to feel some of the stress dissipate. If you can decrease that discomfort, even by 25 to 50%, which I can pretty much guarantee you that you will be able to do this if you sit with that stress for a bit and close your eyes and take those few slow deep breaths, you'll be less likely to go for the food or less likely to skip lunch, right? This really only takes a moment too. So so as long as you're willing to take that pause and do it for a moment, you will see results. Then when you get in the habit of doing this, when you feel any stress, your natural reaction will be to then do this instead of eating or instead of maybe avoiding or skipping a meal. If you are having trouble catching yourself before the eating behavior, then if it's after the fact, I recommend checking yourself to see if it's causing any negative feelings afterward. Some people get aware of the negative thoughts and that's a little bit easier for them, but some people will notice the feelings more so afterwards. So describe that feeling in your body or at the very least, just name that feeling as best you can. And then ask yourself what thought occurred in your head that caused that feeling in your body. This alone just helps you to see that you have control of that feeling in your body. You don't even have to do anything with that thought just yet if you don't want to. Just having the awareness and finding the thought is going to be super valuable. 
All right, I hope this was a helpful episode for you. Hopefully somewhat eye-opening, also informative, and also just take those couple of things that you can start doing now. They're very simple and easy to do, and you will start noticing that you will get some control over that stress, and you will no longer feel as though there's this automatic reaction to the stress of eating the food, eating the sweets, overeating, or skipping a meal entirely. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Take care and I'll talk with you next week. Hey, if you want to stop wasting time not getting the eating habit or weight loss results you want, then set up a free consult with me. I'll find out where you're struggling, where you really want to be, and the best way to get you there. Think of it like taking the highway using GPS rather than staying lost on back roads with no GPS or map. Just go to katemjohnston.com and you'll see where you can request a free consult right on the homepage.